to hear better than you. me. Thank you. <laughs> that was... I wasn't trying to be good, I promise. <laughs> um, hi, guys. Welcome to a new episode. Episode 13. Oh, my gosh. Lucky yeah. 13. I know. She snips you. You gonna bite me? No, she doesn't bite she tried. She tried to, like, bite me the first time I brought Harley. It was funny. Oh, yeah. She was pissed. And she's like, how dare you bring that monster? Okay. We talk about <laughs> Ruby a lot, but, guys, she's our new co-host. If you looked from last week's... Um, added photo. Added photo of our new co-host. You saw. She just loves sitting in Jamie's chair. Oh, yeah. Like, we literally got up for, like, maybe every single week mm-hmm. that we've been in here. I think the mm-hmm. last, like, maybe two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we moved into her room. Yeah. She has her own room. Stars. Um, wow. She just, she just tried to jump on some of James's military facts and she missed it. Got it. Got it. Oh. She's, she's so, so determined. She's really chunky, so her, like, jumping. <laughs> you tried. That's all yeah. that matters, baby. But, yeah, we took up her space. And she's like, how dare you? But she loves sitting in my um, my office chair. Mm-hmm. I have, like, this little thing, um, like, fur Sherpa thing that I always put down because she gets her hair. She sheds like crazy. Oh, yeah. And this thing just picks up hair. <laughs> and so I always put it down, and she's we call her business cat, James mm-hmm. and I. Um, because she's always laying in the chair. And so we were gone for maybe like a minute or two and we come back in and she's in it every single time. But you already be an entrepreneur. You gonna be my little entrepreneur? Ruby's actually gonna be our um uh manager. Mascot. Our podcast manager and mascot. Yes. Can you take that on? You think that's yeah. a job you can do? Yeah, she's a sweetie love her anyway we talk about her a lot so if yes. you're ever like what who's ruby it's her cat it's my cat by the way i'm kylie i'm jamie i don't know if we said our names last episode we no, forget we didn't. to sorry yeah. well now you know we're we're in the notes yeah you can it literally says history of the podcast by jamie and kylie if you want to see more of ruby and our pets you can actually find them also in our tags i don't yeah. i have i don't have their own instagram but you do i your do dog. yeah oh my gosh follow my dog what um, is it <laughs> it's hey harley the corgi that's a lot of things but h-e-y-h-a-r-l-e-y the corgi i need to make one for both ruby and layla you do you, should, you could have like an account that's both of them yeah some people do that um, i think they would be very good really yeah go follow my dog um you can follow our instagrams too but like yeah that's where you would find my pets yeah so follow jamie's instagram it's in the notes jay's it's jay's i don't know i need to change (laughs) it (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i did i did it because my friends in college were like oh you need to get an instagram because they only had a snapchat and a facebook and i was like okay i guess they're like oh you got to come up with like a fun name and i was like well, I love Alice in Wonderland. And oh, I was yeah. Like, I'm Jay. It's Jay's Wonder, isn't it? It's Jay's Wonderland? Yeah. Okay, there you go. There. Mine's Hey Kylie, so it matches Harley's because I have, like, I just want it to match. So. Hey Kylie. I'm that bitch. Hey Kylie. Ruby's now sitting on top of your notes. She does this every time. I was writing them last night and she did the same exact thing. But she likes paper. Time- oh, you're touching my boob. I think she's kind of like, stop, like, don't even talk about your story today, just talk about me. I know, she's literally touching my boob. (laughs) Space! (laughs) But, anyway, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna jump right into our topic, because I have 
an interesting one today. I'm so excited. On our little spin wheel of countries. Yes. I actually got South Africa originally, but I already did one like on the continent of Africa. We're trying to mix it up to all the places. So I spun it again and I got Sweden, which awesome. Scandinavia. Woo. Um, Scandinavia. Dogs are wrestling. (laughs) But Scandinavia, I love the history. Go Vikings. Not the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, Ruby. that's what it sounds like. Like, yeah, it sounds no. like you're cheering on a team. No, I don't want to be that <laughs> white person be like, oh, oh my Vikings. ancestry is from Norway. But, like, I actually have information of, like, why my family left Norway. And oh, I don't cool. know why, but there's, like, a whole catalog and they moved to, like, it's just a common thing. Like, anybody yeah. who left Scandinavia to come to the U.S., they all went to the Midwest. Because that's where, like, a lot of my family's from. And then yeah. my grandma showed, like, this whole booklet of, like, all of our Norwegian ancestors that came over. And I was like, they should have stayed there. <laughs> but I want to, I just, I want to go to, like, Sweden, Norway, not just for, like, the heritage, but, like, yeah. Norwegian. But, like, the Viking <laughs> culture is amazing. But I am not talking about Vikings today. <gasps> oh, I thought you were. I was like, no. oh, she's going to talk about Vikings. No, 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 no. That Hot twist. That one's going to be, uh, that can either be just by itself again, or it can be part of mythology because a lot of Viking history, especially from Sweden, Norway, because they were all, they were never just like a country separated. They all individually yeah. split into their own. So it's really okay. hard to set them to a country. And I wanted to do that this week. But um, all of, like, the Vikings are very legendary. They're kind of like King Arthur to where they all have... They all are, like, realistic to a point that their stories are are very glamorized. Yeah. Are very washed over or it tries to make them look better than who they were. Like, King Arthur could have been a real person because a lot of people know who King Arthur is. So that's why I'm using him as an example. Yeah, I got you. But... um, for King Arthur, like, he could have been a real man to guide the Anglo-Saxons to victory to become Great Britain. Mm-hmm. But his story is very glamorized, as we have seen. There's so many stories on him and whatnot. But yeah, it, it was the same for the Vikings for a lot of them. And I just, I wanted to, I, I myself want to dive very, very deep into it. And the time that I had this week just wasn't enough. And I didn't yeah. want to like give you guys short. Perfect. So we'll wait till another week. That's exactly. But this week's. Oh my gosh. What is it? I decided to be very fun with it. Cause I was interesting. Cause I was like, what the hell is Sweden also known for other than yeah. being neutral during world war two? Kind of not really, but, um, so guess where this is from Sweden. What store? Ikea? Yeah. Are you going to talk about Ikea? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the his, um, the creator in the history of Ikea. Oh. It is. I didn't know that it was um, kind of a controversial subject on the creator himself. He yeah. is. He's very influential of his business, but his personal life is very... Uh, interesting as I'll get into. Oh I did God. not know this until I dived a little bit deeper, but I still thought it was such an interesting story to tell about from a billion dollar industry that everyone shops at. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Did you ever watch that episode of Sweet Life on Deck where they went to, I think it was Sweden, and it was Mr. Mosby was trying to find a bolt for his, t- for his, um, 
I think it was a desk, his nightstand. Oh, yes. And he waited for I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, and it was just a Swedish lady. I think they were trying to, like, um, make fun of Ikea because of you have to put it mm-hmm. together. And the instructions make no sense at right, all. Right, right. You just have to guess. Pretty much. Like, you, look, you just have to look at the pictures because I believe all of the instructions are in Swedish, aren't they? I think so. Because I haven't bought in, I haven't bought in anything from Ikea in a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't either. The I, I want to go. I want to go. The chair you're sitting on is from Ikea. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because when Full I, circle. Right? And then my bookshelf is from Ikea because I needed... Because they're cheap. They're affordable. Yeah. But I want to go. Exactly. I want to go we, back. I just liked walking around. And, like, seeing all the different rooms that they've created, like, That is just the fun. coolest part. It, it's the coolest part. Yeah. Um, and then their food that they sell there is Swedish, too. Right. Which I never... I don't think we ended up... I think we ended up eating there, but I don't know if I had um, the delicacy that they serve that is Swedish. I don't remember what I had. Maybe I had meatballs. I don't know. It's been a few years. It's been a couple years. But... It's amazing because when you think of, like, a furniture store, yeah, you think of Ikea first because yes. it's so cheap and affordable. Right. And I'll explain why. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. All right. Let's do it. Ruby, I love that you're on my lap, but you need to move. <laughs> I love you. She's like, give me the wine. What? I don't know if you'll be able to hear that. that. I hope they heard that. I hope they heard that. Okay. Look at that. Ikea! You can go my lap. You don't like me as much, though. I understand. Oh, she does. Whatever. She doesn't what? go on my lap. She She's very picky. She doesn't like to go on James's either, oh, so okay. you're okay. okay. But she, she'll she walk in on you at the bathroom. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my cat likes to open doors. She doesn't like people no privacy. having privacy. <laughs> All right. Cool. Let's do it. Okay. So the creator of Ikea is Ingvar Kamprad. Okay. So, his parents are Fyodor Kamprad. He was a German immigrant. Yeah. He he moved to Sweden when he was very young. I believe it. he was one years old. So, he pretty much grew up in Sweden, but his family was from Germany. Okay. And he was born in 1893. Now, Ingvar's... Uh, Mother was Berta Linnea Matilda Nielsen, uh, who was born in 1903. She is of Swedish descent, so mm-hmm. she grew up in Sweden. They, there was, I couldn't really find much on, like, their relationship of, like, how they met each other. Um, just kind of, like, building that relationship. But yeah. they eventually did meet and get married. Okay. And they would go on to um, have their children. But, so, Fyodor, when he was growing up in Sweden, he... And his family lived in this estate in a small village called Agunard. Okay. Agunard. I'm sorry if I mispronounce this. This language is hard. You're trying. That's I'm all trying. That matters. So this this small, like the estate that they had was actually one of the largest in the village. The village had like maybe 200 people. Uh-huh. It was not very big. It's, like, as big as James's hometown. Oh, jeez. His, like, his graduating class, I think he told me, was, like, 28 people. What? No. It was, it was so small. Ours was, like, 200. Yeah. 28. <laughs> oh, and his, his elementary, his middle school, and his high school were all in one building. Like, literally going from, like, middle school to high school was just 
a door. <laughs> a door? <laughs> with a single door. I was just like... You grew up with the same people yeah. throughout all the years. That would be horrible. Yeah, it, it's crazy because when his brother graduated, he showed me, like, all of... Um, because his brother graduated during, COVID, like, 2020. Yeah. And so they actually viewed it on um on youtube uh-huh and so he was like pointing out like where he used to walk <laughs> and whatnot and i was like i bet oh it's a quick God. graduation yeah there was not a lot of people <laughs> you know everybody yeah but that's how it was and it was the same for uh fyodor and even ingvar so if i'm mispronouncing his name i'm sorry this is just how i see it it's fine uh, I think it's correct, though. That sounds so, really good. Yeah. So they, he would grow up on this estate, Theodore, um, and he would then bring his wife, Bertha, to, and they would have their two children, Ingvar, and from what I saw on, like, a picture, it was labeled Ingvar and then his younger sister, Kristen. Okay. Do not get her mixed up with his first wife, Kristen. <laughs> Wait, they're both Kirsten? Yeah, his first wife was. Okay, I just want to make sure you're saying the same name. It, they that, have the same exact name. Yeah, they're the same name. Okay, I don't, I don't know if it was like Kristen and Kirsten or if no, it was like... They're both Kirsten and I'm okay. not going to bring his sister up again, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's just there. It's a fun fact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, so, um, now I'm getting into his early, um, his early life. So, Ingvar was born March 30th, 1926... In South Sweden, it's oh my god, this one's gonna be hard. Um, so he was boy, he was raised on the same estate, um, but it's technically called Jätterd Olmult uh, in Smolen County. Smolen. That was good. Okay. It is very. Oh my god, it. This language is so confusing. I wish I took it, but we didn't have that opportunity. Sounds like the way you're pronouncing it sounds good. I, I don't know. But he grew up on the family estate, but they called it Eltar. Eltar. Okay. So this would become, this name, Eltar, would become very influential into Ikea's development. Gotcha. So, um, Ingvar was a very, very determined child. Like, he was a salesman since he was a kid. Like, he always wanted to sell stuff. Like, he... This this kid in a, t- a village of like two hundred kids, or two not even two hundred kids, just two hundred people. Freaking, he would go around and he would sell matches. Mm-hmm. He would buy them in bulk, and he would sell them separately because if he bought them in bulk and he sold them separately, he could still make a profit. He would still sell. He would sell oh. them for cheap. But like, imagine how many matches Dang. are in a pack. He is a little businessman. Yeah, and this was at the age of five. Oh wow! Yeah, he did this at age five. But then, as he started getting older, so at now we're at age seven, he decided that he wanted to branch out. So, excuse me. He got on his little bicycle. He got his little stuff, and he's like, "I'm gonna go and sell them to the neighbors." So. He got on his bike and he started selling fish, pencils, ballpoint pens, and Christmas decorations. Dang. I believe he also sold flower seeds. So he would just go to the neighbors and be like, hey, look at my stuff. You want to buy some of it? And that's how he would make a profit. Wow. I don't know where he got this stuff. 
I'm guessing. That's what I was yeah, I don't. He I, has his connections. Yeah, because he was a, his family was poor. Yeah, growing up because his father was an immigrant and like women still didn't really have jobs. Right, and, right. But um, so they pretty much were just making like ends meet, even though his family were quite wealthy. Uh, when it came to just, like, having this state, but after uh, Theodora's father committed suicide, uh-huh. I believe, um, it just, it kind of went down from hill because it was just his mother then raising him, and then Theodora was, like, trying to find ends meet and stuff like that. Yeah. It gets hard. So, he pretty much, and this would actually affect him through his life, even as a billionaire, he would still be very frugal, and I'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. It reminds me of when we tried to sell rocks. We tried to paint yeah. on rocks and sell them, and only the mailman bought one. And he that was, was it. so nice. He was the only one who bought them. Oh, he was such a nice man. And we were trying to collect money to go to Hollywood because we wanted to be famous. Oh yeah, we wanted to be the Flower Girls. Yeah, and then Hope Three. <laughs> we tried. We tried to get money. What we're we gonna do? Just just drive to walk to California? Like I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, our business didn't go as greatest is no we are not entrepreneurs <laughs> no. <laughs> no we'll leave it to ing ingri- ingvar ingvar yeah so wait can i make a prediction yeah the i stands for ingvar the k stands for kirsten am i wrong okay well his last name is Kumpra. well i was i was talking about like his sister and then isn't his brother start with an e he doesn't have a brother i thought you said he had a brother no who okay who was the other one you said after Kirsten? No, the, his first wife was named Kirsten, too. Oh, you were still talking about Ingvar. I probably just thought yeah. it was somebody else. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Never mind. My prediction's wrong. I just want to know where the Ikea name comes, but I know. I'm going to tell you. I know you will. I just want to know. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. Okay. So, and I saw a picture when I was doing my research of, like, all of the earnings that he got were put into little in this little cute wooden box that he had like he would put all of his earnings in there i believe it's in a museum so he saved it all yeah okay he He gave it to his family i don't i I didn't see anything about it i'm sure he gave some to his family but i believe his family still made ends meet to the point where he didn't need to do that gotcha yeah but he was a man who saved his money even at age seven he was a kid who saved his money impressive exactly not a lot of children can do that but also what else are you gonna do in this little tiny Mm -hmm. ass village like nothing yeah you're gonna you're gonna do what he did and sell shit right because you have nothing else to do so and this was like in the third like early 30s because he was born in 1926 so i think it was like maybe 1934 five years before world war ii starts um Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, this would continue uh, for years. He would just keep building and just keep selling, and mm-hmm. he just kept getting older. And then in 1939, that is when World War II started. This, I'm just going to add this in now instead of like later, because this would come back to bite him in the ass uh-huh. when IKEA finally got developed. And I think it's very important to mention because if I don't mention it, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of just like, well, why did you mention this part of him? Because yeah. it makes him a controversial figure. Gotcha. And I feel like every 
every billion not even billionaire but anyone famous during this era mm-hmm. has a controversial past if you're in um if you're in europe like either you are a hero for what you did fighting against the nazis being a spy like julia child like yeah being a kick-ass person or you're consumed by this hatred from the fascist mm-hmm. party or even from like um the the japanese empire at yeah. the time like just being consumed by the hatred of that like it's one or the other like it's hard to just be neutral like switzerland but even like sweden during world war ii was supposed to be neutral but hitler still made his like you can stay out of the war but you need to let us do what we want so they would still have um they would still have people come like have like germans like pass through pretty much like they wouldn't interact interact with the swedes norway was like a different situation they were like fuck you we're gonna fight yeah even though they pretty much got occupied (laughs) but sweden was kind of like that middleman of just like do what you want just leave us out of it yeah but you had the people though who were for the fascist party because they wanted to be um they wanted to have they 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 filled that same ideology because they were brainwashed into it Mm-hmm. I feel like, or they just have that hatred for um, the Jewish people, and I think it's just wrong. And unfortunately, he was a part of it. So gotcha. He was, okay. And it's good um, to know that detail. Yeah, in 1943, he was actually from what they found because there was a God, I can't remember her name. Uh, she wrote a book. I think I have it. She wrote a book, Finding Letters, on him, and he was part of the um, Hitler Youth Group. Okay. And he, uh, I don't think I have the author, but, so, it was a journalist, her name was Elizabeth Ashbrink, she was writing a book on a, on just like a, a Jewish refugee during this time and she found in the letters that mentions him mm-hmm. as not only being a Nazi sympathizer but also being part of the Hitler youth like he was being corroborative until like this started to spark more and then he was just like this was a part of my childhood it was really stupid but it's just like you were also a part of it right she was saying that he was well in there through the 1950s up until like the 1950s but he was just like no, it was just part of my stupid childhood that was part of, um, from, like, 1942 through 1945. Like, that was just a part of him. Yeah. And it's just, like, that would, that makes him a controversial figure, and this would also be a lot, this would lead to a lot of the boycotting when people would discover this of Ikea because they were finding out, like, you were a Nazi sympathizer, how dare you? And he's just, like, that was my child, like, that was my past, I was being a dumb kid, and it's just, like... You gotta own up to that. Yes. So that's just a part of his young history, but also at this time, this was his time to shine of just like, I want to bring my business that I'm building and expand it, pretty much. So at age 17, like, there's a lot of shit going on in his life, not only with World War II, like, 
at its peak. Like, at it just... Literally, just, yeah. Literally <laughs> at its peak. Like, to, like, try and open a business during World War II, like, holy shit, that's yeah. difficult. Especially, Jeez. he was only 17 years old. Wow. So, he... Pretty incredible. It, it's incredible that he wanted to own a business at this age, but it's like, you still have to remember, like, what else he was doing. Yes. But, so, I'm just gonna... I'm putting this in there as just... This is what makes him a controversial figure, too. It's because of World War II. But now I'm just going to kind of get back on the track of Ikea because it is a huge company that people from all over the world purchase from, that we purchase from. Like, we don't have to agree with this stuff, but we have to admit, like, this is a huge company. And it had a bunch of just innovative ideas that have just structured the furniture business it's changed so much for it like it used to be like having to haul in gigantic desks that yeah you need 50 people for you know Mm -hmm. and now it's like oh here's a box you'll just put everything together exactly it's crazy And so now i'm just gonna get back on that track um but this is what influence later on so at age 17 he finally just is like done with um Done with, like, all of his schooling. He's, like, trying to... He's getting his feet in the water of, like, adulthood, but he's not really an adult yet because he's still only 17. Yeah. And he's, like, I want to open my business. And so he goes to his father, like, hey, to own a business, I need your permission. And his father, like, it took a little bit of convincing, but his father is, like, okay, for graduating because Ingvar is... Or was dyslexic. Okay. And so his father was really proud that even with his dyslexia. Didn't that get in the way. No, that he graduated, like he finished schooling, he still kept up with, and that he had a passion for what he wanted to do. So his father, like his parents gave him like a fund to get him started, like as much as they could. That's nice. Okay. Yeah. And so he signed, I actually saw the permission slip that his father, permission slip, but like gave permission to be like my I'm giving permission for my son yeah to start this business pretty much for like a loan or whatever but it was different because he wasn't trying to buy a building because that's not what he was doing everything was in catalogs yeah at this point and I think that was very common for furniture is that you would buy it through a catalog like you couldn't you wouldn't even see it beforehand that was a crazy part and this is all this is in 1943 so his father, I actually saw when I read it, and I actually, it was all in Swedish. Uh-huh. But I still understood part of it. Oh, that's so, good. I know. So his <laughs> father actually signed it on July 12th, 1943. And from what I understood, like, there's some words that are very similar, kind of like um, to English phrases that, like, some of it, it's pretty much like, I hereby give my permission. Yeah. Um, on this day. But, like... I honestly wish that the U.S. would do the day, month, and year. I hate that we do the month, year, and or the month, day, and year. I hate that. Yeah. Because I fucked up on that before to where I put the freaking day first. And so people... It's like, oh, pers- 09, October, <laughs> 10. It's like, what? Well, they thought my birthday was in March. Oh. Because it's the third, and I was like, no, it's September, and they're like, that's not right. And I was like, oh, shit, I got it wrong. Oh. I wish it was like that. I like I like the other way of how they do it. I don't like how the U.S. does it. Right. Wow. <laughs> but so I read that 
from Swedish. I thought that was nice. <laughs> Wasn't really that hard. Wait, so that was the part you understood? Yeah. <laughs> the date? <laughs> well, yeah, because it's because July is spelled differently, too. Oh, good job. Yeah. Detective but, over and here. And then uh, permission is spelled differently, but it still had per. And I figured that was permission. I wonder if you put it into Google Translate if it would actually, like, work. Because sometimes it doesn't make sense when you translate it. Well, yeah, because um, their rules are different from what the English translation can do. Yeah. That's why, like, Spanish gets really fucked up with that because they have so many rules on There's everything. so many different kinds. Um, I know. Everything is, like... It's like feminine or masculine and right oh and then there's some areas that have different spanish than other areas and it's like whoa well yeah because in high school they would teach you like spain spanish but like what we're going to interact with is completely different because the slang is different if you're going down to like mexico or any of yeah. south america latin america like yeah the slang changes right so it's kind of pointless of what they're teaching you in high school through Spanish. <laughs> Unless you go to that specific area. I guess, yeah. Or you just learn it from yeah. family. Right. So, I lost my track. Okay. So, he got his father to um, to give him permission to start his company, and everything started first in a catalog. So, he started uh, by selling pens, wallets, jewelry, watches, frames, and stockings. So he wasn't even selling furniture at this point. It was mostly just like uh, simple everyday things that yeah. people use, which that's kind of what he don't include like Christmas decorations, but that's what he was selling to people. It was just like everyday things that people would interact with. And that's what he started to get like his foundation pretty much. And it was doing like pretty good. And eventually he wanted to, um, he wanted to expand. So the first two years, he would pretty much give his catalog, be like, here, if you want to, like, order anything, just, yeah. like, let me know. We'll get it good. And then when it would deliver, he would actually deliver it to the person in a milk truck. Aww. In, like, an old milk truck, yeah. I love that. So, humble beginnings, literally. It's like the beginning of Amazon. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to cover that one. There's so much shit right. going on right now with Jeff Bezos. But Just a little bit. Freaking the penis spaceship. Yeah. I, I'm just going to leave we'll it there. We'll wait on that one. <laughs> yeah. So um, by 1947-48, World War II has ended. And he is deciding that he wants to expand his brand, Ikea. So, he named it Ikea from the start. So, the I stands for Ingvar. The K stands ah, for uh, Comprad. I predicted that. Okay, yes. sorry. So, the K st- uh, stands for Comprad. E stands for... Um, hold on. Comprad is the last name? Yes. Okay. Uh, the E starts for stands for Antard. So, that's, the, um, that's what the estate was called. Okay. And then the A stands for Aguinard. Okay. Which is um, the village that he grew God up in. Hard. Yeah. So that that is what IKEA stands for. So oh. it's just an acronym for pretty much. I knew it was an acronym because it's capitalized. Yeah. So. But I never like looked into what it was. Yeah. You know? So it was pretty much his name, his full name. Yeah. And then where he grew up because that is oh. where he started IKEA. That's cool. Ikea is an acronym. Oh, 
I, I actually like the name though. It actually is quite. It sticks. It's, like it's weird yeah. if he would name it anything else. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So he started to then. He was like, "I want to start producing furniture because that's like the next step of big things that people want." Is furniture because it can stay in your home. Yeah. And he wanted to do it at a reasonable price because pretty much everything, like, from then, like, what he was selling now, he did it at a fair price. And Mm -hmm. not a lot of people do that because they want to make that, like, significantly higher profit. But he was just like, but you can still make a profit, though, if you still sell it for cheaper. Yeah. And people just didn't want to accept that. But then the cheaper you get, the lower, like quality it can be too but he tried to make it the best quality as he could and also sell it at a fair price especially if you buy in bulk Mm -hmm. so what he would do so with the um the furniture that he actually had because at this time the furniture was still being assembled yeah by the manufacturer and what he did was actually get local people in his village to manufacture the furniture. So he was pretty much giving the people around the village jobs to just like build the furniture for his catalogs. Okay. Yeah. So he kept it local. He didn't have that's it. That's cool. Yeah. And that's what he wanted. And he still wanted to have, um, to have the furniture sold at a lower price. Cause uh-huh. that's all he wanted. Cause growing up as a frugal child or in a household who's not as rich, I can see why he wanted to sell stuff at a lower price because you still want people to have affordable furniture that looks nice in your home, even though you can't afford it. And everybody needs furniture. Exactly. And so doing it at a fair price is more fair to them. And he wanted that. That's what he wanted the most, Mm -hmm. which I completely support because I'm very frugal myself. Yeah, I appreciate it. (laughs) It is so hard for me to buy stuff for myself because... As we're also told, like, being, like, I'm just going to come out and say it. I, because I was, we were looking at it, and so sociology is that we as, like, people of the United States were always told to save our money, which is smart. Like, it's good to have money just in case if something goes on, but that's how, like, the wealthy is that they just consume the money, but they don't want to push it back out. Yeah. And so we just keep saving and saving and saving and not pushing it back out that we're just not we're just being frugal about it. And I'm one of those people. Yeah. Is that I just keep saving. Like I just spend like $20 and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm $20 poor. But it's just like, you have to let some of that out. Exactly. But like for him, he wanted people who just didn't have the money to do so to still be able to afford nice furniture. And I give him mad respect for that because I understand that. As, like, a broke college student, I was just, like, I have $500 to my name, if that, and I just... James is home. (laughs) Heard the bells. I hear the bells. (laughs) I can hear the bells. But, so, that's... That's cool as an entrepreneur that you grew up, like, on the poor side. Yeah. Because you see that things weren't just handed to him. Like, he, he truly had to work... Exactly. And it's phenomenal of just like how much hard work he had to put in to create this billion dollar industry. Yeah. So he started adding furniture. Now, by 1953, he decided that just the catalog business of what he was doing by selling needed to go a step further. 
by introducing, in 1953, a showroom. Ooh. So, this was new. This was, like, this was to, like, beat out his competitor, pretty much, to be, like, well, people see in the catalog a picture of the furniture that they're going to buy. Yeah. And what he wanted was to buy, or what he wanted to do was to actually show people the furniture that they were going to buy beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of like American Furniture. Okay. Like, you go in, they have the showroom, they're like, this is all the yeah. furniture that we have. Which is so fun, I love it. Oh, I love going there. That That's another That's another affordable... Yes. Uh, I got I my th- dresser there. I got my freaking frame, my bed frame, my end tables. I it's love It's a good place them. to be. Oh, God, it's so nice. It's such nice quality. Yeah. Like, they're freaking legit. Yeah. They're nice. But that's what he wanted was to have people to actually see the furniture that they're going to buy. And this went splendidly. People love this because you really got to see like, because you could buy something from a catalog and it not turn out mm-hmm. what you expected. You don't know the size. You don't know the actual color. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times the color's off. Exactly. And you can like, ima- when you see it in person, you can imagine yourself like using it. Exactly. And that was what he wanted, which is like very innovative of him doing right. this in Sweden. He was like, yeah. So, this would become huge. So, the showroom idea would then just kind of expand and just, like, it build more popularity. But there was also a boycott in, like, 1955 from manufacturers because they were, they were pretty upset of how cheap he was selling his furniture. They are like, what are, like, he wanted to have that local manufacturers to help them out but they're just like you're selling this stuff for too cheap like you need to you need to rake up your prices and he's like no i'm not going to do that so he had to pretty much let them go the local manufacturers and he was like hey i'm sorry yeah but i need to start building in-house so pretty much through the company that was expanding they would then start to build their furniture through there because it's what, even though it was through the corporation now, it was just he wanted to keep those cheaper prices still. Okay. And I think this may have probably changed the quality a little bit because it's it's switching from, like, actual, like, manufacturer, like, locals, like, building this furniture to just, like, an assembly of just people, I'm sure, doing that. I'm, yeah. I'm not really sure. I'm, But it was more in-house now that they were building the furniture. And they're still building it at this point. Like, everything comes assembled. Yeah. Like, Ikea was not just, like, oh, you build it yourself when it first started. Like, it started just, like, everything's already built. Here you go. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, by 1958, he, um, the company continued to grow, especially with the showroom. And by, uh, 1958, Ikea decided to open its first actual store. Ooh. So, they only had a showroom at this point. But the store is different from the showroom. It's kind of like to what we have now of Ikea. Okay. So pretty much it opened It opened in Almhut, Sweden. So it was pretty like in his hometown area, yeah. kind of like in the same region. Um, at the time, it was the largest furniture display in Scandinavia. The building was 6,700 square um, meters there. Okay. I didn't look up the feet. I completely forgot about it, but it was big. It was the biggest people were just like, 
the opening um, opening day was just like just ginormous. It was just like people were flooding in there. They were like, oh my god, look at this store. It's so amazing. Like we can actually go buy stuff in here now. Exciting. So, I know, right? So the I think the difference between like a showroom and then the actual store is that you could buy pretty much what was in the store. Like a showroom, you may have to order it. Okay. And you would still like order it through the catalog, but you could actually see it. Whereas like the store, you could actually buy the stuff there. Pick it up and get it immediately. Exactly. Gotcha. A lot of times you would still probably have to buy stuff ahead of time, especially if they didn't have it in-house, but you could actually start buying stuff in store instead of just having to order it through a catalog. Okay. So, um... I also want to put in here that during like this time in the 50s, because this was in 1958 at this time, he got married. Um, her name, Kirsten, her name was Kirsten <laughs> Walden. They, there wasn't much about like their marriage because it was very short lived. Okay. They adopted a daughter. Uh, her name is Annika. That's pretty much their eldest, but I think after, like, a couple years, they divorced. It was it was very short-lived. But it it's kind of makes, like, a, just, like, his, his, like, I guess, personal life of what was going on. I, too, is that, yeah. especially going through, like, a divorce as your, like, empire is rising, it's just, like... That's crazy. Yeah, especially because you have to figure out, because at this time, still, like, divorce was a very serious thing like yeah it's very kind of just like really are you sure about that exactly but they just weren't feeling it and that happens yeah some people just don't click i just i didn't really find why they had decided to adopt their daughter i don't know why i couldn't find anything one of them couldn't have kids or she couldn't maybe that could have been it i'm not sure i i couldn't find anything but she would become pretty pretty big and like she's not as um into the business as his other three kids are like his three sons i'm just gonna come out and say it are are like pretty much the uh runners of ikea now oh okay yeah so they're big so now we have him pretty much divorced but in this time of just his personal life going through that and just Ikea um, pretty much just still going at like a steady pace, the new idea for Ikea came to mind. And he was like, what if we have them assemble it instead of us? Because he got that from what I read is that he got the idea of when they were trying to put like a table into one of the cars mm-hmm. of someone who bought like a desk and the legs pretty much like came off oh. and it went in like a lot smoother. And so he got the idea of like, what if they just assemble them themselves? Like that would be so much easier. Yeah. And so that created the flat back furniture. So what you put together yourself and this is pretty much almost every single furniture piece of furniture you get other than like, yes couches and maybe just in some a tables. small box and it's like how did that fit this <laughs> exactly like we had like when i bought the um when i bought the nightstands most it was pretty much put together but you had to put like the bottom legs like on it and then yeah. you had to put the handles on it 
Like, there's still, like, it was mostly put together, but you still had to put a part of it. Oh, yeah, my nightstand's from Ikea, too, because we had to put the legs on. It's just a <laughs> flat board, and we put the legs on. Yeah. yeah. It, so that's what he pretty much made this innovative idea, and it would become huge, especially in every single corporation and industry, because, oh, my God, if from all the furniture that I bought when we went to Ikea, I can't imagine... What? Because we took my mom's, like, Malibu yeah. up there. I can't imagine trying to fit. Wouldn't fit in the car. <laughs> oh, God, no. It it barely fit because we had this giant-ass box with a bookshelf in it. Yeah. And that barely fit. It was chaos, but <laughs> we should have took a bigger car. <laughs> but, like, it, it was still a smart idea. Like, imagine trying to bring home a freaking actually already built bookshelf. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of space that you could really just minimize. It's just like it's a bitch to put together now. But you have people that can do that. Yeah. Just hire them off Facebook Marketplace. There you go. (laughs) They didn't have that then. (laughs) But this would become huge and people loved it. Like, I'm sure they had their backlash of like, why am I putting my furniture together? But it's just like a lot of people were like, okay. Like, yeah, this is pretty cool. That was in the 50s? Yeah, this was, like, the late 50s. Um, Like, yeah, it was about uh, around 1958 that he finally did this. Okay. So, around this time, he kept making, like, in the next, like, few years, he just kept making profit. Like, this new idea really just expanded to the point that they wanted to open another store, and this was in Stockholm. This place would be 45,800 square meters. This place was massive. It's like the Ikeas that we see now. Like, this one, I believe, is circular, and there's, like, different levels. Like, how an actual Ikea is, is that there's different levels that you go down. They're huge. Exactly, and that's what it would do, because I believe the one in Denver, you, um, I think you have to start by going up the stairs, and then you make your way down. Yes, I think. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But um, I got free silverware when we went. Why? They were giving it out. It was around Christmas. They were just like, here's some silverware? Yeah, because it was like for opening day, they were just giving out silverware. Like a whole like pack of it for free. Dang. I like the silverware that they gave me. It's my favorite one. Wow. I know. Especially when it's free. Exactly. (laughs) It was the best. But, so, they opened this place in Stockholm, and this just went crazy for people, because people were like, oh my god, this place is massive, we can buy more furniture, like, Sweden was just having a free-for-all with their furniture. And during this time, too, in the 60s, that's when Ingvar would meet his uh, second wife. This would be his second and final wife. They instantly fell fell in love with each other. He, the, I, he was like 15 years older because she was 20 and he was 35 when they met and they literally met or like got married in 1961. Oh, wow. Yeah. They okay. fell instantly in love and they were just like, let's tie the knot. Let's do this. They would then go on to have three kids. These three boys, three boys, <laughs> these three boys would then go on to become huge contributors for Ikea and pretty much are like the co-CEOs now for Ikea pretty much running. Um, I believe it's like a group that is part of Ikea. It's like a separate thing, but they pretty much deal with all of like the financial real estate and stuff like that. 
they all work together. Yeah. They're billionaires, too. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And so their children are Peter, I think it's Matthias. Yeah. Matthias. And then Jonas. Okay. Yeah. And his wife is Margaretha. Yeah. She, she was a school teacher, but once she married Ingvar, um, she kind of just kind of stepped away from it. She, she was really humble about being so rich too, because like she wanted to be a teacher, but then like she still played an, like a significant role for Ikea. Like she was a big spokesperson, Uh but, um, and Ingvar felt really bad because he was like, I kind of took that away from her of being a school teacher because she loved it. But like, she also wanted to be there for us and the family yeah, and had to, to do what she them. had to do. Exactly. But she was still like, <laughs> it was funny because I was reading like an article on just like her take of just like what it was like being married to this billionaire who created Ikea. Yeah. And she pretty much was just like. Yeah, like, I'll, if it sounds interesting, I'll go to these events. But she was like, Other, if it doesn't, I'm not going to go. Yeah. Like, she was just like, it's whatever. She, she's, she didn't feel like she had to play that perfect wife role. Like, she, she was just being herself. And, like, Ingvar appreciated that. Like, he, he was just like, okay, do what you want. Like, and he felt bad that, like, she pretty much already kind of stopped her life of being a school teacher mm-hmm. but they loved each other unfortunately she would pass at age 71 Aww. in uh 2011 oh wow okay yeah but i it, it says some sort of illness i don't think i looked too far of just like what it was but because i at first i thought i saw that like uh, first and second wife, and I was like, oh, did he end it? Because it ended in 2011. I was like, did he get a divorce? And then I saw that she died, and I oh. was like, oh, no, he still loved her. That's so sad. <laughs> I was like, okay. Or Ingr- Ingrim. I don't know, I forget his name. Ingvar. Ingvar. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget his name. Yeah. So, throughout, like, the, the next, like, couple decades or so ikea just kept expanding it just kept getting bigger in the night i believe it was the 90s they introduced their kids collection um and they started expanding to uh norway denmark like they started in the other scandinavia countries Uh and then they were just like let's go bigger and so then they hit up germany like france Italy, and then they even hopped the pond and went over to the U.S. of A. (laughs) Yeah, and we know how much Americans love their Ikea. Oh, yeah. We love it. Mm -hmm. And then I believe it was the early 2000s that they started um, to hop over to another pond to, like, Japan and stuff and started to um, expand. So I don't even think it's Ikea. I think it's Ikea. Ikea. Okay. So I think it's Ingvar. Ingvar. So Ikea. Ikea. Yeah. Ikea. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking at just like pronunciations because someone got petty that it was not Ikea. It's Ikea. <laughs> Some white person in America was like, come on. It's Ikea. I know because I shop there. <laughs> but yeah, so it's Ingvar instead of Ingvar. 
Ingvar, Ikea. Yeah. So, just calling it as what I saw it. <sighs> but, and then I think Japan calls it something else. I think it's Ikea. <laughs> I don't know. So, everyone's just saying it differently. <laughs> exactly, because that's just how our cultures are. We just like to be basic and weird. <laughs> We read it the most basic way you possibly can. Honestly. <laughs> so. Um, so. He's still in these next like couple like few decades still kept beating competitors prices like his furniture was selling like 30 to 50 percent lower than what other people were selling. Granted. Ikea if you want Ikea. If you want to get, like, really nice quality furniture, probably not the best. Yeah. But if you want something affordable that works for you, the silverware is amazing. I will. (laughs) I want to buy more, like, silverware for them. Or just, like, more, like, kitchen stuff. That's, like, a great place. But, like, if you want, like, super high-end, like, furniture, like, beds and, like, nightstands and stuff, like, you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah, maybe but, temporary. Exactly. And that's for, like, me. Like, I want to get a bigger bookshelf, but, like, I was on a, I was balling on a budget. Like, I only had, like, less than $100 yeah. to buy a bookshelf. And this was the perfect place to get it because it was affordable. Yeah. And that's what some people want. They don't care if it has to be, like, the most luxurious stuff. They just want something that works for them. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what Ingvar wanted. So... People were just like, aren't you kidding me? Like, really? You're just going to keep selling at a super cheap rate? And he was like, yeah, bitch. Yes, I am. I mean, if he's making money. Exactly. And it's successful, keep it going. He was just making so much. He was making so much money. And then an article that I was reading is that IKEA was at, in 2004, I read it was at 154 stores. Wow. Now it's around 450 and growing. Dang. All over the world. 450? Yeah, it's growing significantly. It's crazy. And you can explore the places. You can buy there. You can buy in their... I'm sure they still have a catalog. They do still have a catalog. You can buy from the catalog. You can buy in store. You can even buy online now because that's a luxury that we have. And putting in the cafeteria, doing things like that. That's genius. Yeah. The parking lot. Yep. Or like the garage, whatever it is. Exactly. The parking garage. Like they figured out like what would draw people in and it has. And IKEA still has like that Swedish homeland feel because like the food that they sell in the cafeteria is Swedish. The colors are the Swedish flag colors. The yeah. blue and yellow. Like they have the Swedish flag. The name is Swedish. Kinda. Right. Like it's an acronym <laughs> for a Swedish name. Like he wanted to keep it as much because he wanted to grow it as his family. As like his homeland pretty much in Sweden. And he wanted that to expand even if it wasn't going to be in Sweden. Uh-huh. Now... Ingvar actually decided to leave in 1973 from Sweden. He was like, I, because of being a very frugal man, Sweden has very high taxes. And he was just like, I don't want to live in Sweden with these high taxes anymore. So he, yeah. he and his family moved to Denmark for a couple years. And then they moved to Switzerland because Switzerland had like hardly any like taxes. They weren't as high. 
And so he pretty much, he stayed there or just like stayed out of Sweden pretty much. Like he would, he would actually visit all of his stores when he could. Like he would fly, he flew economy. This billionaire was so frugal. Uh, He's more frugal than me. Like he would, he would fly economy. She still can't make it. You can do it. Ruby's still trying to jump. I'll just try one more time. You gonna do it? Except they noticed. No, she's hungry for food. Where's the rest of my food? And she's gonna lick her bowl. <laughs> but so he would fly economy. He would always get like cheap hotels, like, and he dressed in like secondhand clothes, like thrift clothes. He never dressed like he was a billionaire. That's awesome. He didn't care. He was just like, I'm just doing me. I'm gonna still give people, and I feel like too, like, to give people that like affordable. Furniture, he wanted to promote, like, hey, I want to be just as, like, pretty much on the same level as you. Right. But that's just also how he was raised. Like, I gotta admit, if I came into, like, a bunch of money, I would still be frugal because that's just how I've been raised. Yeah. Like, my mom, my parents didn't teach me just to be, like, frugal. They just told me to be smart with my money. Yeah. And to save some for a rainy day. But it was me that kind of just got that frugal mindset then. And it's hard for a frugal person to stop. Yes. Because every single second that you're spending money, you're thinking of just like, I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm poor. Like, I need to save my money. I can't. I got to go for the cheapest option. And that can be dangerous, too, because if you go for the cheapest option, who knows what happens. And it's hard when, like, um, you're forced to spend money on something. Yeah. Like, when my car got towed, I was like, oh, I have to pay for this. Like, and yeah. then I couldn't stop thinking about, oh, that's so much money. Exactly. Uh, and it's just like, shit, like, that happens. But when you're frugal, you're just like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. Like, it was hard for me to move from, like, one of those, like, cheapo smartphones that, like, Verizon had. Like, one of those prepaid that was, like, $100 of that yeah. to, like, a $500 phone. It was so hard for me to do that. But I did it because I knew that, like, I had to push through and be like, you just have to give yourself luxury every once in a while. Yeah. And this phone is pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so pretty much he would just visit. It wasn't until 2014 that he finally decided to move back to his hometown in um, Smolin, the county of Smolin, so kind of... It has, I don't know how you pronounce the A, because it has a little, like, a little circle on top of it. Smallen. Smallen? Smallen. Smallen. I don't know if that means a long A. I think that might mean a long A. And then the little dots are maybe short. So, Smallen? Help me out. If if you're from swollen. if you're from one of the Scandinavia countries, can you explain it to me? Because I'm very interested. I know I could just like out. search it up, but I want like a I want like a language lesson, please. Yes, someone um, please help us pronounce things. <laughs> so in this time of him pretty much like expanding the stores, getting up in age, he was awarded a lifetime achievement award. This is pretty important because this is like a huge award for something that you've actually done that's made, like, an impact in the world. Yeah. And it did because it really, it introduced pretty much you build it yourself and pretty much just, like, introduce, like, the showroom and then just, like, 
hey, you don't have to buy from a catalog. You can actually buy from, like, in-store after yeah. looking at it. Like, look and how cool it And it will cool fit in your is. car. Exactly. It's pretty cool. So, I looked up his net worth, and he is estimated to be about worth $58.7 billion. Oh, wow. Could be more. Because there is a lot of talk of, like, did he have, like, any fun, like, kind of those, like, trust funds, like, on, and like, those island trust funds and stuff. Like, people were, like, yeah. he never got, like, a serious answer of, like, so he could easily be worth more. So he's, like, in around, like, the top ten richest men. Yeah. On, like, the rich list. Because uh, he's just worth, like, this is pretty much an estimate of what they have, but he could be worth more. Dang. Yeah, it's crazy. And then his... Sons are each worth like one point two billion. Woof. Yeah, they're they're up there. They're Imagine not just even... being born into that family and being like, Oh, I'm rich. Freaking lucky, yeah. <laughs> but I believe in his in his death, the three sons got pretty much like the run of for IKEA. IKEA I don't know what Ikea. to call it. Uh, <laughs> but call it. his daughter, I believe, got like three hundred thousand dollars and she was just like, That's fine. Yeah. So I was like, really? But she didn't care about the business. She didn't work at it in it as hard as the boys did. No, I don't even think she really had a role. I don't I, I don't really know much about her role because um I don't know if she stayed with the mom more. I don't know. Yeah. That that's like family drama that you leave alone. Right. <laughs> Unless it comes out in the tabloids because they tabloids like to eat people alive. That's just how it is. Gotta love it. Right? So, his time came to an end, though, Ingmar's, in January 27th, 2018, at the age of 91. 2018? Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, not too long ago. And he died in his sleep. Oh. I saw that he either died of pneumonia or it was natural causes. Maybe a mix of both. Probably. But, yeah, he lived a full life, though. 91? Yeah. That's, wow, that's up there. That's crazy. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting story, though. Like, yeah, he has he has a very controversial path, past, and that was when Elizabeth wrote, like, the novel on it and kind of just exploited him, just like, hey, this happened. He needs to take accountability for it. I think he should have, because being a part of the fascist party is, like, really fucked up. Yeah. But it's, like... That was also part of his past. Right. But it's just, like, he needs to take accountability for it. But he also created such a powerful, influential, like, yeah. It's just, like... He you, knew what he was doing. He did. And it's just, like, you can you can appreciate it or you can hate him. It's your decision. But I thought it was really cool of him making furniture that um, was for people who can't afford it. Yeah. Like, nice furniture. Love so. that. And it's a, it's a cool place. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I like it. Probably won't go there as often because it's all the way in Denver and I hate Denver. So. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been in a few years though. I haven't either. I think, I don't know what I need. Yeah. Once I move into like a house, bigger space where I'm like, oh, I need this, I need this, then I'll go. But Do they do seasonal stuff? I don't, I don't think, so. think so. It's very generic. Yeah. I'm in the festive spirit still. It's been, like, only a couple hours, but you know what? I'm still feeling festive. When this comes out, it's almost September. Well, 
Holy shit. <gasps> Decoration. That means that when this comes out, your birthday will be next week. Holy shit. Wow. It sucks having a birthday that's so close to a holiday. Did you know September is the most popular birth month? Why? I, I looked it up last night because I was curious. And the top, like, ten most popular birthdays are all in September. I barely... I only know a few people who are born in yeah. September. I know more people born in, like, July or... Um, That's what I thought, too. November. July, yeah. And November makes sense because it's nine months after Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, I know I was conceived on Valentine's Day because it's also my mom's birthday. But Wait. Like, <gasps> if you think of it, because New Year's. New Year's. Or not Christmas. Yeah, Christmas, New Year's. New Year's is a huge one. Yeah, so around that that time, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I think the most popular was like September 9th, and then the second one is September 19th. There was one in July, but yeah. the rest were in September. I was like, wow. That's weird. I've known a lot of January birthdays too, but that's one of the least common months. Yeah. It's like, what? Fourth of July. But that not that like only seven months? Memorial Day? I don't know. <gasps> Cinco de Mayo. What's interesting, though, is the way, like, the the least common three birthdays. Yeah. Birthday are January 1st, December 24th, and December 25th. I would hate to have a birthday on those holidays. Yeah. But it's I like people plan y'all. to not have a kid that time. Like, they try to plan around it. Well, yeah, because imagine they don't get the gifts they deserve. They only get one gift. Yeah. And that's, like, included as, like, both their birthday and Christmas gift. It's like, stop discriminating them and get them two different gifts they're two different days unless they're the same day but they're two different situations but i know and it like for me my birthday is right after thanksgiving so i'm always like people right after thanksgiving people are like all right it's time to celebrate christmas and i'm like wait (laughs) it's my time yeah once november ends then we can celebrate that's how i that's what i believe some people think you start celebrating christmas in november but i'm like no we wait till december 1st like that's just my logic but (laughs) I just, like, I love Christmas, but I think sometimes the, when the music's on for two months, yeah, it's like, okay, it's a little too I lo- It's all about Michael Blue's Christmas album. Yes. I love it. But my birthday sometimes falls on the actual holiday of Labor Day. Oh, yeah. Which sucks because it's so close to, because we always started school in late August. Yeah. And so it would always start, um, like, I would literally have, like, maybe two weeks of school before my birthday. And so as, like, a kid, I'm like... Going into a new school, I was like, I don't know anyone. Oh, yeah. Who do you invite? Exactly. Like, once I made friends, like, it was easier. But, like, going into, like, a new high school and a new middle school, it was a little bit tougher. Yeah. Because I didn't know anybody except, like, maybe you and a couple others. But um, that was always the hardest part. And then a lot of people, they were gone for that weekend. Yeah. So I I had to have my birthday before, my birthday parties before or after the holiday. Yeah. So... Oh, gotta love it. Mm-hmm. All right. What'd you learn? I learned that... Um, be frugal. <laughs> That's fair. Even if you're a billionaire, be frugal. Yeah, I do like that. That's no, cool. billionaires need to spend their money to help people. Yeah, if you're a billionaire, you don't need to be. Just give your money to... Like, I just... Millionaire, I can understand. Yeah. Because if you hit million... Like, you've probably worked for that... Like, once you're in the billions, give your money away. You don't what need are you that. doing? You don't need that. I know. They just start accumulating. And it's like, when you're dead, then what? Exactly. Spend your money. Give it to people. Help things. 
That's the motto. Yeah, at least give us some of it. Some I guess that's what I learned. That makes donate sense. It. Just imagine if you donate, how great, like a, a charity, like how great yeah. that looks on your taxes. Help with cancer. Finding a cure. I think like hunger right now is a big one. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. Hey, Kylie. Yes, Where ma'am. can you find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Historia the Podcast and Twitter at Historia the Pod One, I think. And <laughs> you just look in the notes. I think that's what it is, but I don't know. And then you can also email us at Historia the Podcast at gmail.com. You can email us about whatever. Let us know. What do you think of Ikea's story? Well, yeah. Do you shop there? What do you like getting the most? I'm yes. very interested because I kind of want to look at their, like, during the summertime, their, like, summer yeah. stuff. Yes. So, um, let us know. If you have any requests we want us to talk about, let us know. Yeah. All right. We will see you guys next week. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> All right. All right. Goodbye. Bye.